Happy Tuesday! My name is Alan. And my name is Nick. And welcome in into the, the dungeon. This week we find ourselves back with our heroes through shrubberies after they bid Adabra farewell and made their way to Nomengard with their new friend Bryn. When we left them they had just finished helping rather intriguing gnome Tinklenook with repairing his ladder so they could feed his birds before swiftly making their way up the final ascent to the kings that await them and their old friends the gnomes. And so finally you arrive at the base of the mountain, this massive monolith that looms above you. Its stony facade adorned with patches of frost. The waterfall erosion has carved out a natural concavity here, creating a breathtaking spectacle. The roaring waterfall cascades down, creating a cloud of mist that hangs in the air like ethereal silk. The waterfall plunges into a shallow pool of water, surface frozen over in places and rising from it as you recall in your last visit. Two small islands, a riot of colour adorned with two foot tall mushrooms in vibrant shades of red green and purple. The mushrooms appear almost surreal in this winter landscape, creating a stark contrast to the surrounding white. As you get your bearings and look around, you recall those rocky ledges jutting out from the mountain, some 20 to 30 feet high, and several cave openings overlooking the pool, their dark entrances leading to the hidden recesses of the mountain. The openings seem like ancient eyes, silently observing the passage of time and the changing seasons, and your party's arrival to the city of Nomengard. As you stand there, you take a moment to absorb the wonder of the scene before you. A stark reminder of the beauty and harshness of nature, with Nomengard just ahead of you now. You continue onwards, onto the promise of warmth and camaraderie with your old friends, the gnomes. Well, uh, here we are! We have finally made it! Oh, I'm so excited for you to come back and, and speak with our kings, and oh, I'm quite intrigued to see what this uh, great and magical thing is that... Uh, is, has been repaired to you to take down this dragon. Oh, you gave me a fright there. You're quite enthusiastic, I see. But yes, I'm, I'm looking quite forward to, to seeing these wonderful contraptions too. It's so great to be back. Last time we, we didn't even spend the night here. All my life I'd wanted to see where my kind lived. Hopefully we can be rid of this dragon and I can return and get to know my people a little bit better. I'm sure you will. Come, Caspus. Do you want me to jot that down too, Shrew? What? Jot what down? That we kill the dragon and then we return, or...? No, no, no. You jot down good ideas. Like, inventions and stuff. We know. We will come back. No need to jot that down. And so you follow Bryn inside, taking the same path you did when you were last here, as you traverse the corridors with the high ceilings illuminated by hanging oil lanterns. The gnomes you see as you walk by nod in salutation, as they hurry around going around the daily business. As you continue for the corridors and caves, the roar of the waterfall is so loud that you would need to shout to be heard by your companions. You now pass through the room where in your last visit you had been shot by a crossbow. By a mechanical crossbow, sorry, I should add there. And you press on, and you now approach in the rope bridge which crosses in front of the waterfall, stretching out 35 feet and firmly anchored to ledges in the mountainside. Our heroes cautiously step onto the rope bridge following Bryn, their footsteps causing it to sway gently with each movement. The bridge stretches out in front of them, a slender lifeline suspended in the frigid air. It seems almost fragile in contrast to the thunderous might of the waterfall that plunges beneath it. The roar of the waterfall like the growl of a colossal beast reverberates through the air, filling your ears with a constant and deafening rumble. As you make your way across the bridge, the mist from the waterfall lightly obscures your view, creating an ethereal veil that shrouds your surroundings in a fine chilling spray glistening like a thousand diamond shards as it catches the pale light of the lanterns, creating a mesmerizing, otherworldly glow over the scene. As you get to the other side, you find yourself now at the entrance of a chamber shrouded in a light mist, a lingering veil from the waterfall. You recognize this room as the one you had wrecked with your entangling vines on your last visit. 
you see these contraptions that resemble turnstiles, almost like ticket gates but instead featuring stacks of long menacing blades, each spaced out about a foot apart. They're whirring one clockwise and the other counterclockwise, a mechanical ballet of danger, which would threaten to slice anything in its path. As is evident before your eyes, the gnomes have been hard at work repairing this room. Oh, oh, wait here! No, don't go into this room! You'll be cut to pieces! <laughs> I've got a good trick! Don't worry, don't worry, I've, I've dealt with this contraption oh, before. Oh, oh yes, I heard. Uh, Fiddlesip and Dubbledob complaining that you had wrecked their, uh, their one of their masterpieces. Well, who puts uh, such a dangerous trap in, in the path to get to, to the kings? It's well, ludicrous. It's to protect them! Well, well yes, but uh, if someone else needs to walk and... I don't know, ask them for something. Do they have to disarm this trap every time they get through? Oh, it's so simple. Look over there. Let me see. She starts pointing across the room where you can see a lever embedded into the stone wall. Oh, is is that all it took, a lever? Oh, yes, but it's through the spinning blades. (laughs) You just need to do this. You hear a pop and this mage hand appears out of thin air. She guides it gently towards the lever. And with a flick of its ghostly fingers, it pulls the lever downwards. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on here. Are you saying all gnomes can do this? Oh, 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 although gnomes of Gnomengard, we all have a little magic. Okay, and when I used magic in these halls, uh, apparently I turned blue. How come you're not turning blue? Oh, oh this is uh, weak magic. It's only if you cast things that disrupt the weave. Mmm, the weave. Okay, okay. I think I understand. So no powerful magic. Oh, nothing more than something you can cast at will and all the time. (laughs) So as you're talking with Bryn, you hear this low mechanical groan resonating through the room as the spinning blades gradually grind to a halt. They seize their deadly dance, coming to an abrupt stop, mere inches from the entrance. The eerie silence that follows is punctuated only by the distant roar or the waterfall. You then follow Bryn, briskly through the workshop where you had previously met Fiddlestip and Dabbledob, who unfortunately aren't anywhere to be seen at present. And soon you find yourselves outside the double doors to the throne room, where you had cut up the king's carpet. Well, here we are. At last, my job is done. Yes. I'll see you in, and then I'll make my way back to my quarters. I noticed Fiddlesticks and Dumbledores weren't there. Is there a reason why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're... Eating or sleeping or, you know, oh, other, yes. maybe in the little gnome's room. Of course, yes. Uh, gnomes have their necessities too. Yes. Anyway, thanks so much for your help and for bringing us here. I hope to see you again someday. Oh, I'm sure you will. And keep thinkering. Oh, I will. I've got my thinking cap on. That's good. That's good. Be sure you don't lose that feather. <laughs> it's your thinking feather. Or your thinking no, hat. I won't. I'll treasure it with my life. I'm sure you will come up with the grandest idea that changes the world someday. Hmm. I'm sure I will. Before departing, Bryn knocks on the doors before pushing them open. Hmm. My lieges, I have returned with the, with the halfling you sought. The, the grand shrew of shrew shrubberies. It's him. Uh, don't let the... Oh, and she points at her head. Uh, the hair. Yeah. It's him. Look at the fiery red moustache. <laughs> I wiggle my moustache. Yes, it is I. I am back. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. And I say this as I start entering the room. And so you step into this throne room, a breathtaking cavern hewn from the heart of the mountain, the cool damp air embracing you as you enter, carrying with it the scent of earth and moss. As you recall from your last visit here, the rough-hewn stone walls are adorned with delicate veins of glistening minerals, catching the soft, warm glow of lantern light that casts a welcoming aura throughout this space. As you and your companions enter, the doors close behind you, and you notice that the roar of the waterfall was surprisingly muted within this chamber. Instead, you hear the hushed murmurs of courtiers and advisers who have gathered, their voices echoing softly off the stone walls. You also catch the faint melodic sounds of a gnomish bard playing a lute in the corner, providing soothing backdrop to the proceedings. At the far end of the chamber, you see the two magnificent thrones of expertly carved stone taking the center stage. King Nurkley's throne on the left, adorned with intricate gears and mechanical motifs, testament to the gnome's craftsmanship and innovation, and King Corbor's throne on the right, adorned with exquisite gemstones and minerals, reflection of his deep connection to the earth and the treasures it holds. Both thrones are adorned with soft plush cushions of rich forest green, 
offering comfort to the two gnomish monarchs. The atmosphere here is one of reverence and respect, but also warmth and camaraderie. The presence of the kings on their thrones in the far wall fills the chamber with an undeniable sense of authority and unity amongst the gnomes. And there you see them, a sight to behold, their appearance and attire befitting the vibrant and mystical realm which they preside over. King Nurkli rises from his throne, standing at a mere three feet in height. His wild, wiry beard, salt and pepper in colour, speckled with bits of metal shavings and oil from what you can see. He's wearing a sturdy leather apron, well worn from his work, over a simple shirt and trousers, with a pair of round polished spectacles perched on his nose. A regal robe of deep forest green crafted from the finest silks woven with intricate leaf patterns, and a matching crown of woven vines and leaves adorns his head, with small sparkling gems nestled amongst the foliage, creating an ethereal glow. King Corbos also stands, and matches King Nurkli in height and ingenuity, his beard shorter and tidier than Nurkli's, a deep chestnut colour, and frames his face in a neat pointed style. He's wearing a tailored vest and trousers made from finely crafted leather, adorned with intricate etchings and metal studs. Around his neck you see him wearing a pendant in the shape of a cogwheel, along with a robe similar in design to Nurkli's, but instead a deep earthy ground, echoing the tones of the forest floor. His crown, a masterpiece of woodcraft, is made from intricately carved branches and twigs, adorned with polished stones that shimmer like dewdrops in the light given off by the lanterns. Oh, oh uh, thank you, Bryn. Extra mushroom bread and ale for you. Uh, oh, shrew. Oh, the slayer of animated barrels and monster carpets. Welcome, welcome. We are ever so glad you have returned. Oh no, the pleasure is all mine. Ours, actually. It's so glad to see you guys doing well. And I'm looking forward to seeing this dragon slain tool. Oh yes, we have been working on a grand, grand invention. Uh, far better than that uh, hat that we gave you on, uh, what was it? Uh, a wand? Yes, well, they came in quite handy, I, I might add. Very handy indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm glad to hear. Uh, say, what happened to your hair? Oh, well, no, no. a bit of a style change, if you will. Oh, you know, oh we know about style. <laughs> he sort of, like, brushes his hands down his pine cloak. Oh, I can see. And look at mine. And I kind of, from hat to elven boots, I do the same gesture. Are you wearing your goggles on the lights? Yeah, I'm wearing the goggles. I have the woolly hat that Adabra gave us with a feather sticking out of it. Now I have the intricate leather armor that I have, but the chains are hanging out of it. The cape, which looks fabulous, I have it to look like a really expensive and luscious looking cape. And then I have the, the boots of elven kind that are leafy and kind of puts all my ensemble together. <laughs> <laughs> quite the sight to behold. Oh, well, I, quite the sight. You seem to be doing rather well for yourself, Shrew. Mm, well, yes. And all those chains. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. They look exquisite. I am Elkijo Mas Brother. Oh, and what? Elkijo Mas Brother. I'm sure you've heard of the legends of the, of the dwarves. Oh, I can't say that I know much about dwarves. Perhaps Vorpip the Wise would have better knowledge. Vorpip? Oh, hmm. you don't know? Did you not meet Vorpip last time you were here? No, I wish I had. Perhaps I wouldn't have gotten in so much trouble as I have in my adventures. <laughs> Quite possibly. He's uh, amongst the wisest of gnomes. Really? Yes, he he oversees our library. He's our historian. Hmm, library, you say? Well, well, I've got some research to do, actually. I'll head over that way as soon as you guys are done with me. It's great to see you as well, too, Fenner. Oh, what a beautiful beast. Burrowing beast you have brought with you. Oh, yes, he's my new friend, Caspus. I believe a gift from Segrigen. Oh, you've been speaking with Segrigen, have you? A lucky gnome indeed. We haven't been blessed with that gift to speak with a god. But it's been a while since we've seen such a magnificent badger. Worthy of Segrigen for sure. Actually, if, um... Don't want to ask for too much, especially given that you are going to show us some some grand weapon. But you wouldn't happen to have some sort of saddle so that we can ride Caspers with you? Oh well, uh, perhaps if you speak with Fiddlestib and Dabbledob, they um they must have uh, what what are they called? Nurkly. Uh, what are they called? Oh yes, that, that was it. Uh, exotic saddles. Ooh, I'm sure he's got one of those. Exotic saddles. Mmm. Yes. Then I like this idea. Uh, can, can you mount 
two people on a badger? Is, is that even possible? Oh, well, um, perhaps not your two friends over there, but I'm no, sure no. that you and Fenner could ride a badger. Yes, yes, that, that would be grand, Fenner. What a great idea. The day, the day just keeps getting better and better as we go along. I can't wait to see this weapon now. Do you want me to jot that down as well? A badger seat for two? Are you being facetious now, uh, Fabian? We've just talked about this. I'm not going to forget. In like 20 seconds or a minute. Has... It's okay. You don't have to jot everything down. Are you going to jot what I had for breakfast too? No, but I'd, I'll make a note here that you ate sausages after having an existential crisis hey, hey. last time. There's no need to bring that up right now. Please, stop making a scene in front of our royal friends here. Say, this, uh, Vorpip, or Vorpip, would he happen to have any information on how to defeat a dragon? Well, um, if anybody knows, it'd be him. But you know, us gnomes aren't really known for going off and fighting, let alone defeating dragons. But, but, but it's a library. I'm sure he has a book or two about dragons and... How to fell them? Yes, uh, if anybody has any information, it would be Vorpip. Vorpip the Wise. You should go speak with him after we we show you this contraption. This go magnificent on. contraption. Go on, go on, go on. You're teasing me now. <laughs> Where is it? You're over there. Go fetch us Factory. Bring Factory. She will show you this great weapon she's been working on. You would recognize that name as the gnome that almost shot you with a crossbow last time you were here. Oh, Factory. Yes, yes. I remember her. She she almost killed me when I first visited. Oh, yes, she was working on some sort of mechanical crossbow. Well, you, you guys really should be more careful with your inventions. Well, they are to protect no one God. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't work very well because you got through with them. But anyway, whilst we wait for Factory to come, uh, please have some ale and some mushroom bread. Oh, yes, yeah. don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do at all, actually. I imagine you'll be spending the night as well. Yes, yes, we we best spend the night. I, it's getting rather late. Uh, we don't want to be outside in the biting cold. No, that won't do. We need to rest and rest well. Soon we'll be killing a dragon. You see him suddenly clap his hands. Well, don't stand here. Go prepare rooms for our esteemed guests. As the kings say that and instruct their servants, I imagine, to prepare rooms, I kind of peel away from the conversation seen as it has already finished and start consuming some some of that nice mushroom bread and that ale that they so graciously offered to us. This time you don't turn blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly the magic. Yeah. And so after a short while, the grand doors to the gnome throne room swing open and they are framed by the majestic archway. You witness the arrival of a wondrous contraption, the barrel crab. What? What is that? Well, that's not going to kill a dragon. What is it? It looks like a crab. Yes. Does he have wheels? Let me let me get closer. And I start downing my ale that I had. Put the cup down and start rushing towards the, the crab. As you get closer, you see that this is a mechanical marvel. Powered by the ticking gears and churning of cogs. Continues to enter into the room with a sense of purpose. The sight to behold with its barrel-like shell crafted from the sturdy metal glimmering with a polished copper finish giving it a regal appearance befitting this throne room. Its six articulated metal legs moving with precision their movements reminiscent of a graceful dance. And at the front as you're running towards it you notice this pair of forward-facing pincers which are grasping at a rope with a gentle yet firm grip. Oh, Sebastian! You have come back! What, what is this? What is it exactly? You see the crab sort of trying to navigate its way past you as it's trying to hey. make its way into the the throne room proper. I start getting in front of it. Hey, hey, don't don't go, don't go. Uh, are you the contraption? Are you here to... Let Factory get in! Oh, sorry, sorry, that, sorry. That's not the weapon. Oh, <laughs> okay. I... The weapon is behind it. It's being pulled in by the crab. <laughs> I look slightly deflated. Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. I step back. And so is the barrel crab, now without shrew blocking its path, positions itself at the center of the throne room. You notice behind it, being pulled on this rope that it's got its claws latched onto, 
this magnificent ballista. Ooh, now that can kill a dragon, Fabian. <laughs> Consider my interest peaked. Mm. As you look over your shoulder towards your companions, you see that Murkop is just shoving slice after slice of this mushroom bread into his mouth, downing the, the ales that have been given to him. Seemingly oblivious to the sight that's unfolding inside this throne room. As you turn back to face the crab and this under ballista, a hatch on top of the barrel slowly swings open, revealing an interior compartment. Inside a small leather padded seat surrounded by a bewildering array of levers, pedals and gears, each intricately labelled and meticulously maintained. And then emerging from this interior compartment, from when the heart of this crab comes Factory. She seems a gnome like no other with her wild unkept hair resembling a bird's nest and a pair of round oversized spectacles that magnify her eyes to comical proportions. Her attire is a chaotic medley of greasy overalls and mismatched boots. You can see that she's stained with marks of countless hours spent tinkering. She hops out of the barrel crab's compartment with an abrupt, almost frantic energy. Her movements frenzied as she twitches with a ceaseless need to tinker and adjust. She rushes over to the ballista and starts tweaking it and polishing it and muttering to herself as speed is rapid and disjointed, a jumble of technical mumbo-jumbo and half-formed ideas that seem to be spilling from her lips like a waterfall of nonsense. You see that she's paid little heed to your party, or to the kings indeed, as she continues to inspect the ballista muttering to herself and now scribbling notes on a piece of paper. Pactori, get yourself together! We have guests! They've come to see your contraption! You! I've seen you before! Yes, yes, and I've seen you before. I'm just glad that when I saw you, you weren't carrying this ballista and that you didn't shoot me with that arrow. <laughs> this, uh, you don't think you would have got up from this one? No, not at all. So, is this dragon slaying ballista? Dragon slaying? Does it, does it come with added dragon slayingness is what i'm saying does it does it penetrate the skin of a dragon more than a normal i don't know um like a normal bolt would well not quite dragon penetrating but uh, a few things you should know about it mm-hmm. this is a work of ingenuity oh, yes, i can see that i'm all ears for for a start it's been adapted with mechanical contraptions so that uh, only one person Needs to load and aim the ballista mm. instead of the regular three. Ooh, that's that's handy indeed. And uh, well, yes, it's there is some dragon element to it, but it it, it remains untested. But mm. we think it will help you bring down the dragon onto a uh, level playing field, unless you know, all of you can fly and uh, breathe fire or breathe ice. Or but anyway, um, yes, it is a this bolt will deal. The normal damage that a bolt does, but we have been able to infuse it with magic. Mm, magic? Yes, that magic will cast the spell of Entangle. Ooh. You know, so if you hit with a dragon, mm. uh, it will cast Entangle, mm. and he won't be able to fly, so really? he will come down to the earth, Ooh. and, you know, you can hit him with your pointy things. Oh, yes, yes. That would be most wonderful and useful. It will level the playing ground. Of course. Uh, and... This was uh, is based on this fantastic, <laughs> ingenious weapon that we we found in old scriptures by a legendary gnome known as Fuskrodar. Fuskrodar. Yes, Fuskrodar. Oh, that's that's a very valiant name. It sounds like a hero. Uh, I like it. But, but, but listen, do we only have one chance to hit it? Uh, what if it dodges? What if we miss? Oh, what if you miss? Yeah. You're fucked! <laughs> <laughs> don't you... Don't you have more bolts? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. There's a, free, there's a few bolts. At, at the moment, we can have three bolts ready. Um, but it's the, the contraption is not quite ready yet. It's going to take us two days Ooh. to get it operational. Two days? Oh, yes. Two days. Well, maybe... Let, let, let me explain. This is no, no ordinary ballista unless you are you wish to pull it all the way up to the mountain. Well, how do you reckon we take it up, then? <laughs> that is uh, part of the ingenuity. I was thinking of having Fabian and Murkop here just drag it along. I mean, they, they are strong enough. Oh, perhaps you can turn into a damn horse and pull it up yourself. 
Or Knox, seeing as you're, we're so fond of William. I look at him with disdain and just turn back to, to Factory. So you turn back to Factory. Come, 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 inspect the ballista with me. Oh, yes, my pleasure. Let me see. What what does this lever do? No, no, no oh, don't, 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 sorry. Okay. Unless you want to lose your fingers. No, 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 of course not. Sorry, you go ahead, explain. As you're walking around, you see that this ballista is a remarkable feat of engineering and invention, even for these gnomes. And it embodies the unique blend of whimsy and practicality that characterizes gnomish craftsmanship. This is quite the weapon, spanning over six feet in width and ten in length. It seems a highly effective siege weapon. Its frame is constructed from a combination of polished brass and sturdy oak, with intricate gears, pulleys and counterweights that seem seamlessly integrated into the design. You feel the temptation to touch one of them again. It gives it a rather clockwork aesthetic with every component meticulously crafted to serve its purpose. At the front end of the ballista you see this formidable firing mechanism. A long, sleek, tapered barrel extends forward, culminating in a ferocious-looking mechanism that's an engineering marvel in itself. You notice that the barrel is adorned with decorative engravings and runes, showcasing the gnome's penchant as well for artistry. Well, as you can see, this is quite the weapon. Normally, you would need three people to aim... And to fire it, but with all these levers and gears, one person can do it. And this is the Pistola Resistance. By pulling these levers, and, and you see us sort of pulling on the, a variety of levers and pressing little buttons here and there. Fabian, jot this combination down. I, I, I can't I keep up with her. Why do we pay you, Fabian? Well, we've been over this recently. As she presses buttons and pulls on levers, you notice the ballista starting to fold in on itself. Ooh. As this whirring and clanking reverberates for this room. Marvellous. Ingenious. <laughs> Indeed. Ahead of its time, I'd say. I've never seen such a thing. Does it fit in my pocket? <laughs> Not in your pocket. Not quite. But in this bag. Ooh. And she holds up what you would recognise as a bag of holding. <laughs> oh, shit. At the end of the adventure. I'm getting <laughs> a bag of holding. All right. I'll take it. A bag of holding to hold. A dragon slaying ballista. <laughs> All right. Ooh. And before you know it, the contraption is at a, practically at a size to fit inside the the bag of holding. Suddenly you hear clank, clank, clank. Oh, oh no! Oh. She runs with a span and starts tinkering with it. I need a couple more days, two more days, and it will be ready for you to take. I think I think this is gonna kill us, Fabian, not the dragon. How are we supposed to use this? Do any of us know how to fire a ballista? No. And. How would we know how to open it and then close it? And <laughs> We're going to have to take a few days learning this. Hopefully it's not as complicated as it looks. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if half the levers don't do anything. It's just for flourish. Perhaps. Well, this would certainly help in keeping the dragon down on the ground. Is Entangled the spell that you cast to stop those spinning blades? Ever so astute, Fenner. Yes, yes. It's one of the first spells I learned as a druid and... It is indeed the one I used. And yes, uh, I could prepare it myself as a backup. If we run out of bolts, perhaps I can cast it. And hope I entrap it in the vines. That is reassuring. The way you and Murkub and Fabian can rush up and hopefully stop it from taking off into the air again. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm feeling rather confident already. It was a great idea coming here. Sekajin was right to send us here. Yes, he was. You should give him thanks. And we st- I will. And we're still to meet that um, very knowledgeable gnome. Oh yes, uh, Vorpib. Vorpib, yes. That was him. Should we go there now? You're still there with Factore, sort of panicking and, and tweaking things. And as you huddle talking together. Well, uh, what do you think of the, the contraption that Factore has made? Oh, it's a... I was telling my friends here, it's a, it's a wonderful contraption. It has given us all a boost of confidence. We think that with this, we will be able to down the dragon and eventually finish him. Oh, well, I'm glad that the, the gnomes of Nomengard will go down in history as having helped Shrew of Shrew Shrubberies to bring down this foul beast. Yes, your names will be heard all around the Sword Coast and even further away. Oh, uh, always fancied going down in the history books. Tell Vorpip to start writing them. Yes. Fabian, you two take notes. We we could write a book ourselves. Memoirs of Shrew's Shrubberies. Oh, will you? Will you be our guests for a couple of days then, whilst 
Pulse Factory finishes the last tweaks. We wouldn't want this to, you know, to, <laughs> to fail on you. No, no, neither would we, to be honest. Well, it would be mighty fine to be your guests. It's There's nothing I would like more, to be honest. A little reprise before we head on up the mountain, but our intention was to head on off up the mountain as soon as we could. So much so that we were willing to risk the lives of two of our good friends, Norbus and Dazzling. They have disappeared. They have disappeared in Axholm. Oh, that's not good. No. But if now we are forced to wait around for two days, I think the best thing we could do is to go on the search for them. Well, dear, don't go in the middle of the night, though. No, no, we shall stay the night and leave tomorrow morning, as early as we can. Is a wise old gnome still awake, you think? Oh, for sure. He's always got his nose in the book. Hmm, okay. Then, if you would excuse us, we would like to talk to this fellow and see if we can learn anything from him. Oh, of course. And don't forget to go speak with Philsip and Dabbledob. Oh, no, no, no. I'm looking much forward to seeing them. But they weren't in their workshop. Ah, oh, they must be around. Oh, my God, isn't that big? If they're not there, they're probably gone for a bite to eat or... Uh, who knows? Maybe writing notes in the back or something. Very well, very well. Well, it's been a pleasure. Your Majesties, thank ah. you so much for your generosity. Thank you for returning. No, of course. And hopefully, when we see ourselves again, it will be with the job done. Dragon slain. Oh, we can add another title. The Killer of Barrels, the Killer of Carpets, and the Slayer of Dragons. Per perhaps we, we do away with the the two precursors, if, if, if you don't mind. Kill of barrels and carpets, that doesn't quite sell sell it for me, if you know what I mean. Oh, but that's what you did. Perhaps say We were attacked of, by a barrel. Yes, yes, but perhaps we can do condense it and call it Saviour of Nomengard. What do you think? Oh. Oh. Oh, that's, that sounds better. Oh, yes. That I would like, yes. Saviour of Nomengard, killer of dragons. Yes, yes, yes. You make sure you stop here first on your way down. Oh, so I we will. can celebrate. Yes. Unfortunately, I won't, you know, we are rather small and squishy. We, will be, we won't be able to assist you no, up there. No, I wouldn't think of it. Don't worry. And we are small in number. Mm, yes, you had trouble with a barrel. I imagine <laughs> the trouble you'd have with a dragon. But our ingenuity knows no bounds. Oh, I can see that. I saw your eyes twinkle with that crab. Well, yes. I've uh, got to be honest, I, I thought that would be the weapon. Uh, <laughs> How is that going to bring down a dragon? Uh, no, I don't know. I just... We use it for, you know, menial labor tasks. Yes, I know. I, ever since Thavian killed my mighty steed, I had a skeleton horse, I have you know. Oh, oh skeleton yes. horse? Yes. Oh, sounds evil. Whoop. Uh, I don't know. I never got to meet him that much. I, Thavian came in and sliced his head off, so I couldn't I couldn't bond with it. But anyway. Um, what, he, what he forgets to tell you is he was no, no, inside no. his belly. <laughs> well, how did you get in the belly of a horse? Well, it's a long story, not for now. Maybe when we kill the dragon, I'll, I'll tell it. But my point is that I've been in the search for a mighty steed. Yes, a mighty steed that I can ride. Uh, they are quite elusive. Fena here has finally found one herself, but I was speaking with Bicky as, as we came here. and Bicky? Bicky, yes, uh, the lovely gnome that, that brought us here. <laughs> Bryn! Oh, oh, sorry, yes. I'm, I'm so sorry. Bryn! I was speaking with Bring as we came here, and she had a great idea. Perhaps she could tinker one of these crabs and add wheels to it, and uh, and then I could ride it. What do you think? Well, you could. I'd be happy to part with a crab, <laughs> but it's probably not going to be much use going up a mountain. No, but when I come down from the, the mountain on the straight roads of, of the Sword Coast, I could ride it. Perhaps you could add levers so it falls like the ballista, and maybe... Put it in a bag, similar like, again, the ballista. What do you think? Well, I suppose we could do something, mm -hmm. but it's going to take a while. Well, all, all our efforts have been focused on trying to build this. You know, we, <laughs> we had quite a lengthy debate between this, a straitjacket, would you believe it? Mm, yeah. And a sand, what on earth is a sanity ray? I think, forget it. Um, but, yes, take your time. It, uh, doesn't have to be now. I, I could come visit in a, a few months' time, and maybe you, you'd have it ready. I mean, we can put some wheels on it, and you can drive it down to Fandolin, perhaps. But uh, unfortunately, a crab going up to those freezing temperatures 
up in the mountain would probably jam. Yes, yes, no. And it wouldn't have enough power. For, yeah. for when we've killed the dragon, that's a, like my triumph. As I, as I come down from the mountain and I go back to Leylon, or wherever it is I'm going, I enter in this majestic crab with wheels and everybody applauds me and yes, I can see it now. Yes, I'll go down in history as the greatest hero ever to grace the Sword Coast. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to talk to the scholar. Of course, yes. Go speak with Vorbip. Vorbip. I, I want to remember his name. I don't want to insult him. Vorbip. Very good. Well, see you. Farewell. And a pleasure to see you here again. As you begin to walk out, you suddenly realize that you don't know where this library is. Oh, sure. Um, you know where Vorbip is? No, I, I imagined you did. I mean, you're a gnome, so... I've already been here... Same number of times. Oh, yes. You're right. You said it last time. Um, you see Pavian smirking and pulling out a piece of paper and a pen, start writing down. I'm going to let it slide for now. I'm not going to ask what it is. Perhaps if, if we bump into Fiddlesticks and, and Dumbledore, we could ask them where it is. Let's check their workshop one more time. I want to go to the workshop, see if they're there. So you make your way back to the Gnomish Inventors workshop. And this time as you walk in, you're enveloped in a whirlwind of sights, scents, sounds, and sensations. Every available surface appears to be occupied by half-completed gnomish inventions, ranging from whimsical contraptions to bizarre machines. You sort of have to catch yourself as a self-propelling teapot, a steam whistle constantly letting off a playful toot whizzes past you, parking itself beside a contraption of gears and springs that inexplicably turns into a wooden spoon. Tiny autonomous mechanical mice scuttle around the floor, bumping into piles of spare parts, causing a cascade of cogs and springs to tumble. This cacophony of sounds wasn't here when you last walked through, and the air is thick with the scent of grease, oil, and the metallic tang. Tinkering away, you see your old friends, Fiddlestib and Dabbledob, the gnomish inventors, the delightful, eccentric duo. Fiddlestib with his shock of unruly white hair, which seems to have a life of its own, with wide round glasses perched on the tip of his nose, giving him a perpetually studious appearance. And Dabbledob you see with long auburn hair pulled back into a neat bun, sporting a pair of goggles perched on his forehead, ready to be pulled down at a moment's notice. They don't seem to have seen you walk in as they're tinkering away. Hello, friends. Remember me? Shrew? I'm Fenna. Oh, who's there? It is I. I just said it. Shrew. Shrew. Do you, do you remember me? Oh, I... Couldn't forget that moustache. Ooh, yes. Oh, well, you've come back for the... Um, I came back we, for the straight jacket and... No, for, it's not ready. For the insanity rate. The and king I, wanted to build a ballista. A ballista? No, that, <laughs> that's no good. We, we wanted a sanity ray. We wanted the straight jacket. And I think we also talked about a camouflage ray or something like that. Oh, yes. Oh, we did discuss that, but uh, all our efforts have been trying to get that ballista ready. Really? Well, well perhaps you can now... Now that the ballista's done, you could you could work on that. Hmm. But where to get enough material to fit a dragon? Well, that's a good uh, that's, that's hmm. a good question. Perhaps, perhaps if you visit. Well, I've got an idea. If you go up and you know, if he's sleeping, you measure him, get his uh, measurements from the arm hmm. to the waist, and then from. No, no, I, I'm not going to go up and down. That's not going to work. Perhaps if you visit a camp. Or a tribe of Goliaths. Perhaps they have enough material on them that you could then use to, to make a stranger. Oh, that sounds scary. Mm, yes, perhaps not the best of ideas. So, uh, what brings you here back to Nomengard? Have you come to take the ballista? Yes, yes. Uh, we were given word that there was a weapon waiting for us that would aid us in killing the dragon, and we've been presented with a ballista by your kings. Very generous folk. And, you know... Making time, we, we want to speak to the old, gracious, wise gnome. Oh, Vorbib the boar. Vorbib the boar. Oh, yes, the boar. He's always going on and on. Oh, the boar, as in B-O-R-E, not B-O-A-R. You had me startled for a moment. No, no. Hmm. He's not a boar. Oh, that would be quite funny to see him as a boar. So, he's boring. A little. He keeps going on and on about history and... Uh, you know, things happening in far-off lands. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, I just swung by here just to to see you again. 
It's been a while. One thing I'd say before I go, I, I noticed you had like mechanical mice walking around the floor here. Would you would you mind if I if I took one? You want a, one of the mechanical mice? Yes, yes. How much hmm. would it cost, or for a friend? You know, I'm, hmm. I'm, a, I'm I'm a bit low in gold right now. I mean, how how much would it be? Hmm. They're my babies. Whoa! <laughs> I'm sorry. My fellas, just give him a mouse. We can make another one. Fine. Yeah. And he hands you over a small mechanical mouse. Thank you. I stop putting it in my bag. It's got like a little key at the top that you'd wind up. Right. And do they... Can you set them in a course or they just erratically move around oh, the floor? No, oh, they just go all over the place. Very they're, good. They're quite fun. Okay. Very good. So you're going off to see water paper then? Yes, yes. That's the idea. We... Oh, uh, just a minute, true. What? Um, Fiddlestip dabbled up. Um, the king said that perhaps you had an exotic saddle that we could use for Ooh. my friend Caspus. How could I forget, Fenna? You see, perhaps I should have written that down, true. <laughs> yes, it would, it would, it would seem you were right, Fabian. It would seem you were right for the second time since we, we started this adventure. Means you get accustomed to hearing that. Yes, sir. he's an exotic saddle. I'm sure we've got one in the back. Just give me a moment. You said the king said this was all right. Yes, they said we could have one for, for my friend Caspers here. Very well. A mouse and a saddle. And goes off into the back room. A short while later, he returns with this marvellous looking saddle, which is unlike any saddle you've ever seen on any beast before. As he presents it to you, it's a complex web of interlocking gears, finely tuned springs and delicate levers, all constructed from polished brass and leather. It exudes an air of both sophistication and whimsy, blending the practical engineering with the enchantment of gnome ingenuity. Its brass components shine and gleam with an almost magical luminescence, casting intricate patterns of light and shadow across the workshop. As you're now close enough to it, you see that it appears to lack the rigid structure of traditional saddles, instead resembling a flexible exoskeleton, almost suspended in midair, with its sinuous arms extending downward, as if poised to embrace a steed. Well, uh, here's the exotic saddle. Quite a piece here. Oh, thank you. True, look at this. <laughs> it seems big enough for both of us to sit on it. Mm, yes, yes. Exquisite. Fine craftsmanship. And finally, we will be able to ride a, a steed. Yes, a steed. Perhaps up the mountain, triumphantly reaching the peak where the dragon awaits us. What a scene to behold. Oh, I think we should be careful of riding up the mountain. Not just Galavant, I wouldn't want the dragon to swoop down and grasp Caspos and both of us on it. Mm, no, that, would, that wouldn't do, no. We'll go slowly. But anyway, the night grows short and we need to talk to this guy before he falls asleep. Oh, yes. So Svenna approaches the exotic saddle to grab it. it. Suddenly comes to life. The saddle's gears begin to turn. Springs begin to flex and adjust, responding to the subtlest movements in the air. It starts to adapt and shape itself almost as if it's ready to accommodate any steed. Oh, what's it doing? What's it doing? Oh, you point it towards the badger. It will adjust itself. It can accommodate anything from the largest and most regal of horses to the smallest, most exotic of creatures. Anything, even humans. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Murgub, I think uh, True wants to ride you. Okay, hold uh, still, Caspus. The saddle starts to whir and adjust. And it latches onto Caspers perfectly. Ooh, look at that. Are you right, Caspers? Oh, ah, yes, Fenner. It's very comfy. I can't wait to be a great part of the adventure with you. I'll finally feel like I'm playing a part. Yes, but we have to be careful. Caspers, I wouldn't want you to be eaten or taken up by the dragon. Anyway, let's go look for Vortpip. Yes. Oh, yes, Fenner. Let's go meet Vortpip. It's quite fun meeting all these gnomes. And Caspers... Sort of bows down slightly and beckons Fenner to mount him. Oh, this is quite surreal. True? You, you, you take the first ride, Fenner. You, you enjoy it. This space for two? Yes, yes, but... I insist. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, here I go. And I run up to Caspus in joyful delight and get on in a rush. 
Giddy up. Giddy up. Caspers. Let's go. To Burpup. To Burpup. Burpip. Burpip. To Burpip. Let's go. Yes, well, you just head down that corridor, take a left, uh, down another corridor, a right, a second left, and you'll you'll find him. Okay, let's go, Caspers. Full speed ahead. And so shoe shrubberies make their way in search of Burpip. And so after a short while, tucked away in a corner of Nomengard, you come across an undiscovered gem from your last visit. Vorpip's Gnomish Library. The entrance is framed with a whimsical archway, adorned with intricate engravings of books, quills, and inquisitive gnomes. The door's slightly ajar. I knock on the door, as I usually do. Don't want to disturb. Vorpip! Are you in there? May I come in? Ooh, that is a, a voice I do not know. No, no. Who is it? It is true. I've been invited here by the kings. They have gifted me with a wonderful weapon. Oh, the halfling, the halfling. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, uh, come in, come in. Thank you. The moment you step inside, you find yourself enveloped in an atmosphere of quiet wonder and intellectual curiosity. The library itself is a cozy haven of wooden bookshelves, stacked high with tomes of all sizes and colors, the shelves all neatly organized, but an occasional jumble of books reveals the chaos of Orpip's intellectual pursuits. The air is fragrant with a scent of ancient parchment, comforting aroma, which almost invites you to lose yourself in the world of words and ideas. And there at the heart of the library sits Vorpip, an elderly gnome, who has lovingly curated this sanctuary of knowledge for generations. He's a spry figure with a shock of white hair, which almost resembles a flurry of dandelion seeds, a comical picture of gnomish wisdom and charm. He sits there in an attire of a patchwork of earthy greens and browns adorned with colourful scraps of fabric and mismatched buttons that hint at his penchant for repurposing and recycling. He's posing a pair of round spectacles which magnifies twinkling inquisitive eyes from which he peers over the rim of an ancient leather-bound tome. Well, welcome, welcome to my wonderful library. Wonderful indeed. What are you reading there? Oh, it's just the first draft of my memoirs. Ooh, interesting. Perhaps I could read it someday. When when it's complete? Yes, of course, of course. Anyway, we we were here because we we were told that you're the most wisest and greatest of all thinkers and oh, that I am. Well, we had a few questions regarding dragons. Uh, oh, dragons! Dragons, yes. You like them? Not particularly, but we do have. Uh, you may have seen flying around up in the mountain. Yes, yes. Well, that's. Precisely the dragon we are here to see. We intend to defeat it and free the lands of its tyranny. But we are woefully underprepared. We don't know much about dragons. We don't know any weaknesses they might have. We don't know anything, pretty much. Not even how to approach it and how to attack it. We've been gifted this marvelous weapon by your kings, and it will help a lot with the plight of killing it. But we were here wondering if you could give us some information, perhaps some books we could read... Anything that would aid us in a quest to defeat it. Well, you're free to browse the, the books all over here. Um, there must be something in dragons in one of these aisles. On, on this side, the, the part on fauna and flora. But if you're here to, to slay the dragon, I've heard whispers of whites here. Whoa, really? Yes, Do tell. News reached my ears. From where? Oh, yes, from the far, far north. Hmm. And uh, what have you heard, exactly? Oh, not good things. Not good things. Apparently this dragon was held captive oh, by frost giants. Really? Yes. Uh, apparently they had blackmailed him. They had him and his mate enchained to a great ship. Mm. And during battles they would use him to provide support. But the stories go that his mate was killed and he escaped. Oh, really? That's quite sad. I'm feeling rather sorry for it now. It must have come in search of some new place. Uh, a new place cold enough for a ice dragon. Hmm, yes. But it would make sense now that just appeared out of nowhere. Of course, it must have come from somewhere. Yes, of course, that makes sense. But can't it go back? Are the frost giants still alive? How long ago was this? Well, quite recently. Oh, I'm a bit worried now that perhaps we'll have frost giants coming back to take back their pet. No, no, no. Even worse, if we kill their pet and they find out it's us, what will they think? What will they do? 
Oh, we could hide the body. Hide the body? How do we hide a dragon's body? You can try and shove it in your satchel. Are you being facetious again? Well, you did try to shove that horse in. A horse is slightly smaller than a dragon, and it was only the bones. Fabian, it's not the same, and you know it. Perhaps in that bag of holding? Was that what they called it? I don't think it would fit through the, the hole. I don't know. Anyway, the sooner we kill it and well, well, but get out, the better. But the poor thing doesn't have a home. That's why he's here now. Perhaps we can talk to it and convince him to leave. <laughs> you think we... Mighty Dragon's going to listen to us. I don't know. I, maybe we offer him a better home than this one. And I don't know. What do you think, Fenna? You're always the clever one here. You're... <laughs> Perhaps we should read a book on dragons. I literally know nothing. Yes, yes, on... yes, yes. What color was this dragon? White, wasn't it? Let's search for white dragons. Any, any information on white dragons? Well, feel free to explore and discover. Lose yourself in the wonderful world of books. Hmm, yes. Down the aisle. If there's anything on dragons here. We'll find it there. Thank you, Mutskib. Thank you very much. Mur- who's Mutskib? Mutskib. Mutskib. Your name, Mutskib. Vorbib! Oh, <laughs> sorry, Vorbib. That's right. Down the aisle, and I head off. Roll me a d4. Two. All right, and roll me an investigation check. With advantage. Okay, here goes. Medium boy and another generic dice. All right, medium boy providing the goods. 19 total. So as you and your friends start thumbing through the different books on the shelves, looking for anything that resembles the word dragon. Books in all sorts of languages, common. Others appear to be written in dwarvish runes that you've come to recognize now, following your travels. And after a while, two books draw your attention. As you pull it out from the shelf, you'd seen part of what seemed to be the word dragon. You blow the dust off it, clean it with your sleeve a bit. As you finish clearing off the dust, to your delight, you see that it reads... Dominic Dingledicks, Dragons of the Sword Coast. Ooh, Dominic Dingledick. This this guy here sounds like a mighty fine explorer. Well, it must be if he's got a book on Dragons of the Sword Coast. Of course, yes. Let me read it. Okay, I'll, I'll have a look at this one. It seems to have the same name. Really? I pulled this one off the shelf because I could have sworn it says Axon on it. Hmm. There's Fabian clears it of dust. <laughs> Quite the explorer indeed. This reads Dominic Dingledick's Guide to Axon. Oh, this guy's been around. Quite the explorer. I'll flick through this one with Murkub. Perhaps you and Fenner can read for that one. Well, yes. can read by myself. I don't need a, someone babying me to read. I learned this skill a while ago now. Back when I was in Neverwinter and I and I, I was serving with the, with the priests there. Yes, they taught me. They taught me the scriptures and I... And I was able to learn... I had to interrupt you, Shrew, but... <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm not good with words and reading. All right, yes. I, I'm going to go look for those gnomes and see if they can put me in the room to rest a bit. I'm feeling a bit full from all that bread and ale. Well, yes, of course, yes. Yes. Have a, have a good night, Murkub. I'll see you shortly. See, see you. Anyway, let's... I forgot where I was going. Let's just carry on reading. <laughs> I've got my notebook and pen. Good, good. Take notes. We should too, actually. Fena, why don't you, why don't you follow Fabian's example? Um, bring out a quill and a, an a parchment and get some notes. We're gonna need them. I'll read it out loud. All right. Which book are you reading first? The Dragon Book, Chapter One. Certain death. <laughs> <laughs> you thumb your way through the pages. You see that it, it talks about a whole range of different dragons of all sorts of colors. From chromatic colours to metallic ones. And sure enough, after some time, you find a page relating to white dragons. Here it is. Here is our quarry, the white dragon. Let's, let's read upon this. As you read through the, the pages relating to this white dragon, you learn that the white dragon has the ability to ice walk, which is to move across and climb icy surfaces as if you were walking across normal ground. You also learn that it has an ability called Frightful Presence, which can terrify onlookers, leaving them frightened and frozen in their tracks. The book continues, Dragons are legendary beasts and formidable foes who do not play by the rules and moves with a speed that belies their great size, moving with great speed and precision even after their attacks. Speaking of which, they can make use of their claws, bite, tail and wings 
to down their enemies. If fighting an adult dragon in their lair, beware of jagged ice shards falling upon you, or freezing mists enveloping you whilst in combat. Now here are some things that all dragons have in common. They all fly at twice their land speed, and before they use their ferocious breath weapon, the mighty dragon will always position itself to catch as many of its attackers as possible, even if this provokes any sort of attack as they move around. The dragon, with its great size and power, does not care about your puny opportunity attacks, not when it's about to vaporize you with its weapon. Most dragons, when seriously wounded, hightail it. They consider the life too valuable to risk on foes capable of doing it such a great harm. But the white dragon, however, is dense. Our research shows that they will simply keep fighting to the death, that they rely more on instincts than intellect, and that rarely, if ever, can anybody negotiate any sort of peaceful coexistence with them. They might have a slim chance of convincing a dragon to leave them alone for a while, but only if they display a significant show of force, or by presenting a truly magnificent bribe. But barring these options, nothing but death will stop a white dragon. And that's as much as you get from the book on dragons. Well, I think, from what I've read out loud here now, uh, conversing with the dragon is not an option. Sounds risky. Yes. Some useful things there I've, that I've jotted down. Yes, yes, quite, quite. It attacks in mass. It has a weapon that can get us all if we're not careful, perhaps. We should spread out a bit more and avoid all being hit at once, and it walks a nice. That's interesting. Yes. Very good book indeed. What about you, Fabian? Have you learned anything, or are you struggling reading? I can read fine. Okay. What have you learned? Of Axholm? Anything that can help us? I think I'm deciding, and I, and I think you, you would all agree to, to go, and instead of laze around here in Normangal, go and check on Novas and Dazzling. I agree. I think that would be wise, given that we... We're going to have to wait here anyway for a couple of days for the ballista to be ready. I mean, how far away is Axon from here? Well, I don't, I don't really know. Not to worry, it's in this book. Really? It's just ten miles from Normangard. Oh, that's close. Yeah, that's a couple of hours at the most. Mm. Well, yes, uh, there's a lot here that Dazzler and Norbus told us. Obviously, we know it's a dwarven fortress, and that it was sealed years ago after being haunted by a banshee, it says here. It mm. seems to recall that Anorbus saying something about screaming whales of some elf. We fought a banshee before, haven't we? In the tomb. Was that another thing? I'm not sure what that was, but we did see a banshee in the cave with Sebastian. Oh, yes. That's right. It was friendly. Well, I suppose it was friendly because we gave it the conch, but we wouldn't want to think what would have happened if we didn't have it. But mm. Anyway, um, it says here, you know, the yada yada yada, the story that uh, Dazzler and Norbus told us. Uh, apparently, though, here it says that the halls of Axum could be heard echoing with deathly wails even long after the dwarves abandoned their stronghold. Yes, well, the banshee. Uh, this uh, Dingledick fellow says that apparently ghouls and other dreadful creatures are said to prowl the ruins of Axum. Mm, that's not good. I, I don't think Norbus and Dazzling could defend against those. Well, hopefully, Ali's men are still with them. Hmm. I hope so, too. It also says here that following the earthquake, difficult to get into Axon, but it says that some of the arrow slits would allow for small and dexterous creatures to squeeze in them, and thus gain access to the fortress. Well, if I'm anything, it's small and dexterous. I'm sure I could get in. As long as you can find a way for us to get in as well. Mm. Wouldn't want you stuck in there with ghouls. No, no, not at all. And this is uh, the most in interesting thing i found. Mm. There appears to be a map of... Axon. Oh, that's going to be useful. Useful indeed. Good job, Fabian. Stow it away before our friend back there sees you. The map. You want me to rip it out of the, the book? Well, stow the book away then. Well, we can just ask if we can borrow oh, it. Yes. That, that would be the honest thing to do, of course. Talking about stealing books, Fabian. I'll have none of it. Anyway, let's go. And I walk up to Fingerbub. Fingerbub. Vorpip. Morpip. Vorpip. Vorpip. Vorpib. 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 We oh, were wondering, yes. could we borrow these books? Oh, well, well I'd, I'd have to get a membership card for you and fill it all up and uh, keep a track of when you took it and you'd have to bring it back within a week. Yes, that sounds good. 
Well, let, let me get the, the paperwork done. He starts bringing out these little cards and... Uh, Shrew, uh, what's your surname? Do you have a second name? N- no, Shrew. Shrew of true strawberries. Yes, that would do. Uh, and you're taking a book too? No, no, I'm taking both of them. Oh, you're taking both? Yes, oh. yes, it's a good thing. You're yes. responsible for them both. If you lose them or misplace them, oh, you won't be able to borrow a book for... For about six months. That's fair. That's fair. That's actually very fair. Um, yes. Can I take them then? Yes, here, here you go. Thank you. You are now an official member of Vorpip's library. Well, that's, that's very cool. I will come back for sure with your books and pro- probably take more. They're very interesting, especially this Dominic Dingledick guy. Oh, he has a whole collection. Ooh. He's travelled far and far and wide. Really? Well, I'd have to perhaps come back and check some books on the Demi of Dead Men and, and all that. Yes, get to know my home a bit better. From the eyes of someone else, a great explorer, yes. Well, have you found everything you, you needed and now you have the books? I bid you good night. I suppose you'll be wanting to tuck her in. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll read a chapter of two about some things here and go straight to bed. Thank you very much for your help. You've been quite a wonderful and generous librarian. Hope to see you again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, and welcome to Warpip's library. Thank you. You see, Fabian, a bit of honesty goes a long way. No need to steal books or anything like that. <laughs> Perhaps next time I should let you steal it. Probably use his mage hand and smack you with. And so with that, two shrubberies start making their way in search of Murgub and the room that was prepared for them. And I think that's a great place to end tonight's session. Ooh. Now I'm... I think I'm equipped with the last thing I needed, probably the most important thing, which is knowledge. Equipped with knowledge to defeat the dragon. So we are well on our way. Well on our way. But I think the detour now to Axum is warranted. If you'd like to hear us talk a little bit more about today's episode, be sure to head on over to www.i2td.com and follow the links to our Buy Me A Coffee page, where we release exclusive bite-sized little podcast episodes for our members there on the different tiers we have available, where we discuss the session we've just played. If you want to find out a little insight as to who this Dominic Dingledick is, be sure to head on over and join one of the tiers to listen to tomorrow's bonus episode. There in Buy Me A Coffee, you will also find our shop where you can purchase and donate certain potions and items that will then translate into game, therefore helping us as a podcast and as Shrew and his shrubberies. It's also a way of you joining in the game and participating in the stories we tell. So if you do donate, thank you very much for that. But if you cannot donate, fear not, because you can still help us tremendously by liking, subscribing, commenting, rating our podcast, YouTube, podcast player of choice, anywhere. Join in our Discord as well and becoming part of the community. We have lots of fun there. So if you do any of that, we are truly grateful as well. So thank you very much for that. And so this brings us on to the end of the episode club. The last one standing where we give you a password for you to use in a comment on our Discord or Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you listen to our podcast and wherever you want to engage with us. Use the password and compete for the esteemed title of the Guillaume Frada. Yes, last episode's Guillaume Frada was Bardock Germs, so congrats to him. His comment is now forever on our wall in Discord. All hail the Guillaume Frada. All hail. So what's today's password, Big Al? Well, today's password is Saddle Up. Saddle Up. In reference to that scene where we saddled up onto Caspus. Uh, you find a gun on a steed. Yeah. I didn't want to... I, I didn't want to... This, this should be maybe in the buy me a coffee section. But I'll throw it in here for our lovely listeners. I didn't want to get on it because it didn't feel epic enough. It wasn't my steed. And I was going to be riding behind. Yeah, it was a bit of an anticlimactic moment for sure. After having tried to to ride a centaur and all that. But anyway, it's what it is. It's what it is. Yeah, if you want to hear us talk more about this, you need to head on over to buy me a coffee and join one of our tiers to get access to those exclusive bite-sized episodes. And without further ado, I think it's time to say goodnight. And thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed tonight's episode and that you join us next week as we delve into Into the the dungeon. dungeon.
Oh, nothing more than something you can cast at will and all the time. <laughs> like a cantrip? Yes, a cantrip. I wasn't sure that was metagaming. Sorry, <laughs> 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 Again, it's so common to me to imagine a cartoon or an epic crab is going and a shrimp like a crocodile. Hey, hey! The crab is like a you know, it's a part of the little cone. Como factor y como sí, como siento. Bueno, que está steering ella algo. Se está como como te quiere coño, me pasa. Qué trompa. Y, oh. y esto es que yo me la creí, en serio. ¿eh? No, no era. Me estaba dando cuenta, era en plan como. Cuando dije que was holding a rope, pensaba, se daba cuenta que el crab estaba en el Ni me enteré de lo del rope. Aquí escuché crab. Ahí hice beelining. Crab track mind. Well, uh, here's the exotic saddle. Quite a piece here. Oh, thank you. True, look at this. It seems big enough for both of us to sit on it. Mm, yes, that's what she said. <laughs> As you pull it out from the shelf, you'd seen part of what seemed to be the word dragon. You blow the dust off it, clean it with your sleeve a bit. And it says ball. <laughs> dragon ball. <laughs> not, an, not quite. Uh, volume one of the uh, the manga. 